The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. What's up, everyone? This is the Week 8 Weekend Roundup on the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined by my co-host, Aaron Murray. Aaron, it was a fun weekend of SEC football. I think it was one where everybody kind of had a pretty decent idea of what was going to happen results-wise. There was also a couple really good games outside of the SEC that we'll touch on. We're going to get to those games here in the next 25 to 30 minutes, fill everybody in on what went down this weekend and talking about the weekend. How are you, dude? I watched your game. Obviously, I'm out here on the West Coast, so uh, Jackie and I stayed up late and watched that Nevada Air Force game that came down to a game-winning field goal. It looked a little chilly out there. Yeah, it was a little chilly out there. Luckily, we were up in the box. They kept the doors closed for us, so it wasn't wasn't too bad. Uh, our, our sideline reporter... Cassie was down the field. It was funny. Every time we'd go down to her, she just looked like she was miserable. I mean, it was in the mid thirties. She looked like she was freezing her butt off every time she was doing an interview down there. And we're up there coats off eating hamburgers and chicken wings in the box, <laughs> calling the game. So the good life. we were having fun. Yeah. We made sure not to tell her that after the game, but she's a champ. I mean, she's, I think five months pregnant right now, four or five Holy months cow. pregnant down there, freezing her butt off, doing her job. So good for her, but it was a fun game. Like you said, down to the end, uh, last, last second field goal to win the game. And it was a wild one, man. Air Force, I tell you what, 41 minutes of possession for that team on offense. The Nevada defense, just they were dead. They were like a boxer, 12th round, just getting knocked up and down the field. I mean, Air Force, they couldn't get off the field. Air Force was holding the ball 12 plays, 13 plays, 15 plays, anywhere from five minutes to eight minutes. I mean, they just ate up the clock, and they wore Nevada down. And, And for Nevada, they were playing on a short week. They only had five days of practice since it was a Friday game. So they, re- they really didn't get a lot of time to rep it. And you know, going against Georgia Tech, these oh, triple options, so you, you need to see it live in action as much as possible. So Nevada just wasn't well equipped for, equipped for it. Uh, so they, they de- it definitely showed. Uh, and I actually get to cover Air Force again, heading out to Colorado State this weekend to oh, cover sweet. them versus fun. Coach Bobo's team. So it'll be a fun weekend uh, covering the triple option and seeing what Bobo has up his sleeve. Absolutely. Now that's the second Colorado State game you are going to be calling this year, right? You've called them once before already. No, this will be my first oh, Colorado sweet. State game. Okay, that awesome. was This will be my third Air Force game. So I've called Air Force a few times. I think Colorado State will be, this will be my first one heading up there to Fort Collins to see Bobo. So it'll be fun. How's, how's the move going for you out in Arizona? It's going well, man. Um, we're getting everything packed up tomorrow morning. We're going to load the truck on Tuesday, and uh, Jackie and I will be back in Atlanta on Thursday. So busy week ahead, but uh, happily we can get this wrap-up out to all of our listeners and let everybody know what went down on the weekend. We're going to touch the SEC games here in a bit, but two monster games outside the SEC that we talked about on the podcast last week with your brother, Josh Murray, who was our guest picker, a la college game day style. That was a lot of fun. Uh, The big game was on ABC last night. Number 19, Michigan traveled up to Happy Valley, took on the number two ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. And dude, I thought Michigan would hang in there. I thought they would at least be able to tame Saquon Barkley a little bit, but he went wild. They absolutely dominated Michigan. 
They won this game 42-13. to The line was 9.5. I thought Michigan was going to win outright. I thought it was going to be an upset. But Penn State looks good. They're number two in the nation, and that was a pretty impressive win. You picked Penn State. Did you see it going down like this? I didn't think it would be that big of a blowout. I think they, I knew they would have won just based on looking at Michigan this entire season. They haven't been able to put the ball in the end zone. And then you look at Penn state. I mean, it's a pretty amazing site when you turn on the TV and you have a, what is it? I think 110,000 people it's a big last stadium. night. Yeah. It's huge. Big stadium. White, it, the whiteout was unbe- unbelievable to look at. So it, it was a fun game to watch as a fan. I'm sure it was awesome for those people to be out there, but right now, Michigan, they just have no offense. Uh, they're playing a quarterback who I think I heard last night. The last time he played in the game was 2013. He's been transferred a few times. Uh, very talented. I mean, he had some great throws last night. O'Corn? Is that who that is? O'Corn. is O'Corn. And he had some pretty impressive throws. He's a good runner. But Penn State, man, I'm talking about Barkley. Saquon starting early with two big touchdown runs. You just look at his lower half. Big leg, strong kid. And then you see him break in the open field. And then also he has a big touchdown catch. He almost had two touchdown catches, dropped one of them, yeah. caught a nice touchdown catch. And then Tracy McSorley, their quarterback, he really impressed me last night. He made some great throws. What I love was their inside fades where you're in the, you're the slot receiver. You see man coverage and you just take a shot. You take a shot downfield as a quarterback. You look the safety off, you throw it the other way, and they did a great job. And, and for Michigan, it was kind of crazy. They just kept playing man, and Penn State took advantage of it early and often. And then Tracy also running the ball all night long, had a couple of rushing touchdowns. Um, so he looked good. Uh, they just look great as a team, man. They're, they're a dangerous team. It's going to be really interesting to see when they pay, uh, when they play Ohio State. Yeah, big game coming up this weekend. Penn State travels to Columbus to take on Ohio State. And I have a hot take. I don't like Penn State. I don't like James Franklin. And I don't like Trace McSorley. I don't know why. Wow, what's what? I just, Who's the hate from, man? I don't know, but I'm watching you the like game Saquon. last night. And I do like Saquon. I mean, he is a certified yeah. stud. But yeah, Trace stud. McSorley rubs me the wrong way. Uh, I have a feeling that James Franklin's name is going to be on the short list for the Tennessee vacancy that is sure to happen towards the later half of the season. But I don't like Penn State, and I think that's a great matchup for Georgia. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see if these two teams get a shot in the playoff. Time out. We're going back to the Tennessee conspiracies again. Yes, please. Now, now you think Franklin's going to – why would he leave Penn State? you well, got a, money. a powerhouse he's gonna team. He's going to get paid a bunch of money, and he wants to come back in the SEC. You know I don't that. know, man. You get, he's he's the man at Penn State right now. They're kicking butt the past couple seasons. And you're talking about a team that's in a, in a pretty dang good conference – and I'm sure they got plenty of money up there in Penn State to they pay. Do. They, so he, they pay he'll, him he'll be a lot fine. already. But they're yeah, gonna, he'll be fine. Tennessee, he's been in the state of Tennessee before. He knows what it takes to recruit in the Southeast. Obviously, he had success at Vanderbilt. Yeah, but now I you have to play against – you're going to talk about a big fish and a, and a pretty good-sized pond, and then he's going to go somewhere where he's a small fish, People and he's like going to have to go against – People like challenges. Yeah, but you look at the SEC East, and Georgia is on the rise. They're going to be good from for. They're going to be the next Alabama of the East. Uh, Florida is any moment going to get back to getting going again. So, and then you got to compete with the West. You know, he stays up there. Play Alabama you gotta pee, every year. You got to play. Yeah, you got to play Alabama every year. He stays up there. You got to play Michigan. You got to play Ohio State and Wisconsin, maybe who's up and down. So, it's a lot easier to stay on top of the mountain when you're up there. More chances to get back to the playoffs. No doubt. Here's a name that you're familiar with that I think honestly will be, I think it, and I think it'd be a great hire for Tennessee is Scott Frost at Central Florida. They need some offensive firepower. I think he could be a potentially great hire for Tennessee down the road. What do you think about that name? I just, I, I saw it today. We were calling our game last, 
last week when I was calling the UCF game and, and he brought it up to us that he might run the scout team quarterback uh, this week in practice. Cause they're going against Navy and they actually showed footage of him. And I'm telling you what, I think he could strap it on and go out there and still play, but he's a great coach, man. Young kid. The guys on the team love him. He brings energy down there in Orlando. So I'm sure anywhere he went, uh, he would bring excitement. He'd bring some great wins, but he's building a great thing down there in UCF. I think the only place he would go to is Nebraska. And I'm sure Nebraska may be looking for a new coach after yeah. this season or maybe next season. So I just think he's in, he's at UCF. He's in Florida, his style offense at Oregon offense. He can recruit South Florida really well, get a bunch of great athletes. And you never know UCF, maybe in four or five years, he continues to build that program. Maybe they jump into an ACC, you know, be an ACC school. So then they're competing for a chance again, the playoffs eventually. So I think he's in a good spot. Like I said, I think the only time he would leave is if he went to Nebraska. All right. That's a good take. Let's go to the next game. USC num- ranked number 11 in the nation traveled to South Bend. Notre Dame was ranked 13th. This was a night game. Obviously it's a rivalry game and Notre Dame put it on them. They won 49 to 14. Sam Darnold continues to turn the ball over at a pretty high rate. Notre Dame was favored by three and a half points. They obviously took care of that. And this solidifies, I think, that Georgia has now the most impressive victory in college football through 2017. Would you agree with me? I completely agree. And you saw what Wimbush, the quarterback for Notre Dame, did last night. Throwing the ball, two touchdowns, run the ball, 106 yards, and another two touchdowns. And and they go back to that Georgia game when they were able to hold him to what they did in the run game, to what he did in the pass game. Now you really start to appreciate it. But I just still think USC was has been extremely overrated this entire season. You look yeah. at their games throughout this season. They have not played well. Sam Darnold has not played well this entire season. I still think he's a good quarterback. You watch him. Great fundamentals could make the throws, but he is just he's been a turnover machine. Every game he's had one game this year. Where he hasn't thrown an interception. I think three or four games when he's thrown multiple interceptions. So he, I think he needs to stay another year. He has opportunity to come back again. They'll have more talent. Once again, at USC, they'll probably rank in the top five next year because he's back, but he still has a lot of development to go. He needs a third season, but right now, Notre Dame, man, you want to talk about a team that has just come back from a, a rough year last year. Uh, and I'm sure Kelly, their court, their head coach is feeling pretty good right now. They certainly are. Notre Dame, obviously, Brian Kelly got a new offensive coordinator this offseason, a new defensive coordinator, and after that loss to Georgia, they've picked it up, and they look pretty good. Okay, let's dive into these SEC games. A couple teams were on a bye this past week, so there wasn't too much action across the SEC, but Aaron, before we talk about it, we got to talk about our picks. We both got back on track this past week. Each of us for 5-1 and one against the spread. That means you are 20-12 and 12 against the spread through eight weeks. That's very good. I'm just behind you. I'm 18 and 14 against the spread. I did go five and one last week, and it'll be another Man. fun week of picks. And, and I was I was staying in a hotel with a, uh, some bookies too in Nevada. I should have gone and. <laughs> Play gotta, some money, man. That was like thinking. Going. You got to get some action. Oh, going. that could have made it a little bit more fun. And people are liking our picks too. A lot of people reached out to us on social media over the weekend, as they usually do. Uh, we are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Punt and Pass at Gmail dot com. Aaron's at Aaron Murray eleven. I'm at Drew Butler thirteen. Holler at us. We love to interact with all of our fans and listeners. Big game of the weekend in the SEC three thirty CBS game. Everybody knew it was going to happen. It just was. A question of how bad was it going to get? Tennessee traveled to the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. This game was in Tuscaloosa, and Bama put it on them. They won 45-7. to They covered that 35-point spread. 
and Tennessee did in fact score. They had a pick six, which pick uh, six, man. somebody somebody celebrated that. a little bit too um too much with the double finger salute to the crowd while down <laughs> forty points. I don't really get that, but um, no. a very interesting game. It's just a matter of time of when Butch Jones is gonna get fired. Yeah, it's, that was a rough one this weekend. You knew Alabama kind of was actually a little slow start for Alabama. They picked it up a little bit in the second quarter and then obviously the second half. But I was feeling pretty good with the uh, the shutout going. And then uh, they put in the backup quarterback and he throws a 90, was a 93-yard pick six. I'm yeah. not even going to try to pronounce his name. What's it? Tag, tag, Tagavola or something like that. Yeah, yeah, whatever his name is. I mean, he still had a good game, 9-12, 134. And man, when you can put your backup quarterback in there and hit, and he's able to go out there and throw for 134 yards at a touchdown, obviously I'm sure Saban's not too excited about the pick six, but once again, Alabama offensively, defensively, and then you look at Tennessee offensively, Garantano at quarterback, nine of 16, 44 yards <laughs> in a pick. Well, they don't have an offensive line and I then, mean, uh, you, could, you couldn't smokes. protect the guy. And then the ultimate disrespect is Nick Saban putting in his backup quarterback with 12 minutes left in the third quarter. That was absolutely yeah, but I mean they got yeah, but we know that Alby. We know he's a talented backup quarterback, probably one of the most talented, probably behind Eason, talented backup quarterbacks For in sure. the SEC. Sure. So you always got to get those guys reps. But it is pretty embarrassing when you're feeling that confident that you're going to whoop some butt that you're putting your backup in that early in a game. But they should feel confident. They're crushing it, run game, pass game, defensively. And right now, Butch, I I put a little poll out there once again. I'm I'm loving this you Twitter love poll. The I just polls. Fig- yeah. dude, I just figured it out like two weeks ago. I was like, this is sweet, and you get some you get some great feedback. You have some fun with it, but and it seems like that you guys like it out there. So for you fans, if everyone likes the polls, I'll keep coming up with some fun questions throughout the week and on the weekend. But I think it was about seventy percent people said that Butch needs to go, yeah, and then there were some go. funny comments saying Georgia fans anymore. He doesn't even want to no. be there anymore. He like got in a shouting match with the a players- fan after the game. Yeah, the players don't want him there either. So it's 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 a tough time to be a Tennessee fan right now. It's a great time to be a fan of everyone else in the SEC, yeah. that's for sure. All right. So one of my conspiracy theories almost came true. As you know, I said it on the show <laughs> last week and I tweeted it out. I said I think Nick Saban's going to purposefully try to throw the game on Saturday, maybe let it go to overtime, try to let Butch Jones hang around for one more year. So it was close in the first half. And then guess who tweets something out? Clay Travis, nationally syndicated radio host. Uh, He's got a very popular website. His ear is on the ground when it comes to the SEC, especially Tennessee football. He tweets this out. Honest to God, I think Saban is trying to keep Butch from getting fired by not beating him that bad. Does he listen to punt and pass? Because I he, said that on Thursday. He's a smart man. He would listen to the punt and pass. And we got some good stuff on this thing. I said that. And then one of my other favorite things, it kind of went viral over the weekend, or at least I tried to make it viral. Tim Tebow was on SEC Nation, and he gave like a little pump-up speech to the Tennessee Volunteers before they played Alabama. It took me 15 minutes to transcribe this because I watched the video, and my brain went into a pretzel. He looked at the camera, <laughs> and he said, Bama's better than you. But let me tell you one thing that you better, that they better not be better at you than. And I said, what? It's a lot of betters. There's a lot of betters going on there. I watched it five times, transcribed it, and uh, it still doesn't make sense to me. But Tebow tried to get him hype. It obviously didn't work. We each picked that game correctly. Bama covers. They roll. They are the unanimous number one team in the nation. AP top 25 for week nine. The next game. You got it wrong. I got it right. Again, if you listen to punt and pass and specifically listen to me, you're making Uh-oh. money, okay? Kentucky, whoa, whoa, whoa. Kentucky traveled to Starkville, Mississippi to take on Mississippi State. Mississippi State was a big favorite, a 10.5-point favorite at home. Kentucky was 5-1. and one. 
I said it last week. Mississippi State's going to cover, and they're going to win big behind Nick Fitzgerald's quarterback play. That's exactly what they did, Aaron. They won 45-7, to and Kentucky got served a pretty decent-sized piece of humble pie. Yeah, Fitzgerald had a heck of a game. Uh, not only passing the ball, but running going. We said that about Kentucky. They need to find a way to stop that guy, not just in the pass game, but mostly the run game, because that's when he really can kill you being able to convert third downs, being able to use his legs to extend plays. And, and that's a dangerous thing, man. And, and we kind of joked about it this weekend. And I think I'm like everyone else in the country. If you got a big quarterback that can throw the ball decently, but that can extend plays with his legs, that can pick you up first downs when you need it, get those nitty gritty yards, which he's able to do. Uh, that's going to win you some ball games. And, and they just put a whooping on Kentucky. I thought Kentucky has got there and do a little bit better job. I thought they've had a great year. They they've had an opportunity to be undefeated, but uh, their quarterback Johnson going out there and threw two interceptions, throwing under 50% accuracy for the game. That's not going to win you those types of games. But, man, it is tough to play with those cowbells rolling. Well, and yeah, Kentucky did State. not handle it well. I know. You did know, not handle K- it well. Kentucky did not handle it well. Everybody was talking about if they do win that game, they could head into Sanford Stadium with a shot of having um, some well, hope for off, the SEC East title. No, there was no shot. Win that game, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it, yes, it would have been an impressive win, yeah, especially for Kentucky. But as we've seen uh, early in the season, I mean, Mississippi State's on the same page as Georgia right now. No, um, there's there's very few teams in the country who's on the same page as Alabama and Georgia. So, it would have been great for that basketball school of Kentucky to get a win. It, it would have helped them get a better bowl game come bowl season. But there's no competing. It's going to be interesting this weekend versus Florida, and we'll touch on that next week. But Right now, Georgia's sitting pretty good heading to the, the second half of the season. Yeah, they absolutely do. And the next game we're going to talk about, we thought maybe LSU was ripe for an upset, but again, we both picked LSU to cover. Uh, number 24-ranked LSU Tigers went to Oxford, Mississippi to take on the Ole Miss Rebels. LSU was a six-and-a-half-point favorite, like I just said, and they took care of business in a big way. Darius Geis, 276 yards rushing. They won 40-24, to covered the spread, and it seems like Matt Canada's got something going on with the offense. Coach O has these guys playing after, again, a mind-boggling loss to Troy during homecoming week. Yeah, they look good, and I think if, as you turn on the film of this Ole Miss defense you've seen it all year, I think anyone they face has been able to run the ball up and down. Going back to the previous week when they played Auburn, and they just ran right down their throat the entire night. And Darius Geis, he's finally looking like the Heisman favorite that we thought he would be heading this season. He's been banged up a lot this season um, and just hasn't looked really healthy, but he's looking stronger and stronger every year or every game. And this is a dangerous team. They're, they're young on defense. They're getting better on defense every week. They're getting better on offense. I think they're picking up what Matt Canada is trying to do with the motions, the shifts, the jet sweeps. And once again, Danny Etling had another great game throwing for 200 yards and two touchdowns. So he's getting better. I'm a little disappointed flipping, flipping to Ole Miss Shea Patterson, a kid who I think is still a very talented quarterback. He's just too hot and cold this season when he plays big time teams. I mean, once again, throwing three interceptions, no touchdowns going 10 of 23. And if you want to be a big time quarterback, if you want to be a stud in this league, you can't just go and throw five touchdowns when you play crappy teams and then go throw three picks when you play a pretty good defense. So he needs to get better. This team needs to get better. It's kind of a rebuilding year for Miss Ole Miss with all the things that's going on. But 
LSU, man, they're a dangerous team heading into the second half. Yeah, they certainly are. In week 10, they're going to go to Alabama, and that's always a humongous rivalry game. It'll be really interesting to see how that game shapes up. Uh, as always, a very, very fun one to watch. The last game we're going to talk about, again, we each picked this one correctly. Number 21-ranked Auburn Tigers traveled to Fayetteville, Arkansas. They were a heavy favorite favored by 15 and a half points, and they covered that easily. Auburn's offense gets back on track. They score 52 points. Arkansas only scores 20. Arkansas's quarterback, Cole Kelly, is six foot seven, 268 pounds. When he runs out of the pocket, he looks like, he's, looks like he has sandbags attached to his ankles. That's how slow this dude is. But he's young. He's a true freshman. Arkansas is in a world of hurt right now. You just said it about Ole Miss. It's the same about Arkansas, man. Just not a very good football team. And Brett Bielema, the seat gets hotter each week. Auburn looks pretty dang good when they put it all together. What's that old Arkansas quarterback? He's with he's with Baltimore right now. I'm drawing a blank. Ryan Mallett. Ryan Mallett. There you go. Another yep. six foot seven quarterback. He so he looks like him. Sling it. Yeah, yeah, I remember my freshman year where we're we were playing um, Arkansas at Arkansas. I remember Joe Cox threw like five touchdowns that day. Six oh, touchdowns. Yeah, was crazy. That. Is that your freshman Ryan, year? Yeah, that was my freshman year, and I traveled when I redshirted, so I was there for the game watching That's it. Right, and dude. Wow. and Mallett, dude, Mallett, it's. He's one of those guys that those rare arms that can just throw it all over the ballpark and you're just back there like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, like a cross field throwing, comeback route and like on a yeah. frozen rope, you're like, hello. He's throwing 20 yard, like you said, 20 yard comebacks and there's, it's like a, it's like he's throwing a slant route. You're just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, dude, Six, seven, he sees over everyone. I'm just like, man, give me a couple inches, please. Yeah, he's a pretty um, special cat. No yeah. Doubt. That Cole Kelly is a big kid, but once again, face another tough defense. It's tough when your first two starts as a true freshman, or against Alabama and Auburn, two two of the best defenses not only SEC but in the country. But Auburn, man, they just keep running the ball well. They keep just pounding the rock and they keep playing great defense. And and it's going to be an interesting to see what they can do against. I believe Georgia and and Alabama both are going to be in Auburn, and that's yes. a huge advantage playing there at that stadium, especially against a team that plays well on defense and and a team that runs the ball very well. And you look at their two losses here. One was Clemson on the road, which was a close game. And two was against LSU where they were winning the majority of the game, blew it late, but at LSU and Nella hostile place to play at. So the good thing for them looking ahead, they have one loss in the sec and two, they get to play home against Georgia and Alabama, which is a huge, huge plus for those guys. So they're going to continue getting better and better every week. And, uh, but Arkansas, man, they just, like you said, them and Ole Miss right now are just not good football teams. No, they're not. But the recipe to beat Auburn is out there, right? Pressure Stidham. Make him Pressure feel Stidham. uncomfortable. And if you have decent run defense, which Alabama and Georgia both do, uh, it's going to be tipping in your favor. Now, Cameron Petway and Carrion Johnson, that's a nice little two-headed monster right there. Petway had 90 yards and three touchdowns yesterday. Carrion Johnson had 63 yards and one touchdown yesterday as well. But Stidham, 19-28, 218 yards and an interception. You know, you can get after so, him. So, so day. Good. Yeah, so, so day. You know, you affect so, so him, stop the run, put the game in his hands, and I think you definitely have a good chance to beat Auburn. But, man, it's coming down to the nitty-gritty. I'm hyped up for this second half of the SEC football season. Aaron, we have a huge week coming up on punt and pass. A couple big-time guests on Thursday's episode. It's going to be a little bit of a super episode if you will i'm not even gonna put a time cap on it we're just gonna get anyone and everyone on there oh we're gonna and, have a great time and let everybody get a nice 
big-time episode for that drive down to Jacksonville because Georgia is going to put it on Florida. There is no doubt in my mind. It is such a good matchup for the dogs, and I just cannot wait for my prophecy to become reality Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you get back Thursday, so you're gonna you're gonna try to get back down to Jacksonville, see if you catch the game, or no, are you guys we'll be, gonna be staying up here? Yeah, we'll be moving into the house, getting everything set up yeah. in the new pad. So um, I'll be watching the game, and you know what? I'm honestly I'm not really a big fan of Jacksonville. I mean, if I go down there and play some golf, that'd be sweet. But Jacksonville, not the best place. But I tell you what, it's fun when Georgia wins. Aaron, you one of the best quarterbacks recently in that series, three big-time victories, and you probably should have had a fourth, that 2010 game that we lost in overtime. That one that one stung a little bit. Yeah, definitely stung, but I think we're ready to to kind of get the, the tide rolling back on our side a little bit this weekend, but we'll touch on it later in this week. That was a fun little, little rewind of the weekend. Once again, another fun weekend, a lot of big games, not only in the SEC, but as we talked about earlier throughout the college football. And, and this is the last week. I think next week we start off with uh, kind of again, the, the playoff pitcher started, get the, the true rankings rolling. Uh, so that's going to be pretty fun. So that just shows you how important this weekend is heading into that. No doubt. So that Georgia Florida game that's coming up on three 30 this weekend on CBS, some other games, Mississippi state travels to Texas and then that's the ESPN night game and Tennessee heads to Kentucky. That's a rivalry game. I think that one could be pretty close as well that's the 730 sec network game we'll touch on some other games outside the conference as well but be sure to check back on thursday for a monster punt and pass podcast week nine preview it'll be a great week for college football it should be an awesome weekend for all georgia fans and i'm excited to get back on the east coast so i can watch what i think should be a awesome second half of the season any parting words aaron no, man, I'm excited for a second half. I wish I, I could be back in uh, either Georgia or go down to Jacksonville. Obviously, I'll be, I'll be in Colorado, and I think my game's the same time as the Georgia Florida game. So Ooh. I'm gonna, I know, I, I'm gonna. Well, Bobo is the head coach there, so maybe I can see if he can put the TVs in the stadium to the Georgia Florida game. <laughs> see if he still has some love for the dogs, and uh, that way I can kind of sneak it in maybe at halftime and throughout the game on commercial breaks, kind of see, see how the game's rolling, but. Like Drew said, we got a couple of big time guests coming up this week on Thursday. Uh, we're going to have some fun with them this week, interviewing them, and and we're going to have some fun. Get ready for this big weekend. Absolutely. Be sure to holler at us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram, puntandpass at gmail.com. Aaron Murray is at Aaron Murray 11, and I am at Drew Butler 13. We will talk to y'all on Thursday. Have a good week. See you.